Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vivas and Biden. Um, so today, um, I would like to introduce um, Amanda, and she will go ahead and introduce herself, and then I will go ahead and introduce myself, and then we'll get started. Hey, my name is Amanda Squimpanyazi. I am an enrolled member with the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. I am also Navajo, Wasco, and Yakima. I currently live in Portland, Oregon, um, now a resident of for eight years. I've moved here from the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs, which is one of the nine federally recognized tribes here in Oregon. I graduated last year from Portland State University with my Bachelor of Social Work and minor in Civic Leadership. And I currently work for Karina Miller, who is a candidate for Oregon Senate District 30, and I work as her campaign manager. I also serve on the board of directors with Next Step Oregon, formerly known as the Bush Project, and the Oregon Indian Education Association, where I serve as their secretary. And I'm also a member of the Multnomah County Community Involvement Committee. Yeah, well, thank you for um, joining us today. Thank you for joining me today and willing to further um, talk about um, important topics. Um, uh, Jasmine Tejas Rojas, Hillsborough, um, Oregon, and then I'm currently a third year undergrad student at Oregon State, studying communication with a minor in philosophy and Spanish. And I think just today we will be talking. Um, today, before we get started, um, we would both like to state a fun fact. And then um, you want to go ahead and share? Yeah. Fact, yeah. So, one fun fact about me. It's, it's pretty fun, I think, but I can count to 10 in four different languages, almost five. I'm in the process of learning it, but um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm working towards the fifth one. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, a fun fact about myself is that I, I was, I'm very grateful to have, have I don't know if y'all know, uh, Post Malone. Uh, I met Post Malone before he had his face tattoos um, while he was opening up for Justin Bieber uh, in Portland, but that's a fun fact. Um, wow, so jealous. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it was like, yeah, honestly, like, shout out to, like, Post Malone is, um, is, is a great artist, so shout out to Post Malone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we're going to share a quote that we um, both resonate with and then um, explain how that quote further um, is meaningful. And then uh, would you like to go ahead and share yours, Amanda? Yeah, totally. So I kind of have two and I'll, I'll kind of tie them together. But the first one is by William Butler Yates. And it's it, the quote is, it's not about filling, it's not about the filling of the pail, but the lighting of the fire. And the reason this quote really resonates with me is because I, I really tie it back to that education piece. And, you know, when, when we go through our higher education, you know, middle school, high school, everything, we're all trying to gain more of education, like just get to the finish line. But in reality, like this quote, the reason why it resonates with me is because through my Bachelor of Social Work uh, degree and my minor in Civic Leadership degree, those two um, programs, they really taught me about how to find my voice, how to advocate for myself and my community. And that is where the lighting of the fire really came into who I am today and that fire really ignited in me. And so I feel like I've been able to become like a stronger advocate, but even though I do have that educational experience, I really just found that, that, that fire that I knew I've had in me for many years. And then the second quote I have is what we do today will impact the next seven generations. So I don't know if you know, but that's like a, kind of like an indigenous proverb, if you would say, but um, just like what, you know, the, the work we do today, the work that us as individuals do today, we always say is going to impact the next seven generations because that's what our ancestors used to say. And, and it's something that, you know, learning your languages, um, educating yourself, learning history, learning about, um, you know, just stuff that's happening around us is really, um, it's going to impact the next seven generations. So really 
putting the, how do you say it, putting the, the emphasis on, on our actions of, of the present time is, is really important, I think. Yeah, I like that quote. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I definitely like that quote of like what, how this current generation can further like help work for the, or like that quote, like the next generation, the mm-hmm. next seven generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but thank you for sharing. Um, I think a quote that I want to share um, is never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. And I think I want to tie that quote into education aspects and how um, me personally, like, throughout high school, um, just being involved with, like, my extracurricular, my sports, and um, education, I always like to remind myself, like, why do I like to, um, why am I learning? Why is that education important for me? And I think, like, um, just learning how to like balance that in high school kind of like helped me like understand that like oh like um if I didn't get a grade I wanted um for example I think in my math class my sophomore year I got it um I asked like one of my my math teacher if I could um if she could like make extra credit for me because I didn't have a uh I think I was like barely passing that class and I think for the most part like although um although I was understanding like um hey um it's okay to like not get a not be able to like it's okay to understand that like why I'm doing education why education matters to me and like why I should continue to just um enjoy my education and I think just also I like to also like remind myself like the accessibility to education and how I have access to education and um um that quote definitely resonates with me in education that's Um, awesome that's a great quote (laughs) yeah um so what are some ways that one can take part in dismantling white supremacy yeah, so um, I, we didn't really talk about this before, but some of my passions is is dismantling um, white supremacy along with a bunch of other stuff. But I think the most important part of dismantling white supremacy is knowing what white white supremacy is, like really educating yourself on this and and continuing to learn more about it. Like there's so many layers of white supremacy that we don't even recognize, like at the systemic level, at the individual level, in within our um, institutions, like there's, there's white supremacy embedded in every single aspect of this world, pretty much. And like, even, even into religion, like it's just such a huge topic. So I think dismantling it is really decolonizing ourselves. And it's like, you know, there's, there's so many different um, avenues of white supremacy. So we have like, like a, an example that I always like to use and, and one that um, the indigenous community kind of, you know, makes fun of, or we, we call it Indian time. And with that, it's like, you know, like we're, we're going to be running late compared to your time, you know, so in, in, in the, like with school, with meetings, with other people, like they're like, you know, be 15 minutes early so you're not late. And it's like the 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 time constraints that are that come with um, important stuff, or like the sense of always having to be perfect. That's like that's like a a strong um, white supremacy identity kind of like like putting so much pressure on people to where perfection has to to strive. So um, some ways that I think dismantling the white supremacy culture is like taking away that that sense of perfection, um, time constraints, and just all in all, like even even like language, like, do we have to have all the smartest people in the room with the highest degrees? Do we have to have um, 
I don't know, you know, there's just, there's so many layers to it, but like valuing, valuing more than just brains and valuing lived experiences, Mm -hmm. valuing the people who, who've lived through these different things. So, you know, we, there's so many organizations out there who are like, we have diversity, equity, and inclusion at our place, but do they really, you know, is it's like, it's like asking that question, like, do they really have diversity, equity, and inclusion, or are they just slapping that label on their organization to seem more um, better? You know, it's like, I don't know, there's just a lot of layers of white supremacy culture that um, we all need to learn about. And I'm still learning about it. Like, I, I, I really am. I've known this, there's this gentleman here in the Portland area. He's studied this probably like 35 years plus, And he's still like, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about this. I'm still trying to learn how to undo this. And it's like taking the time to recognize your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to white supremacy. So for me, like one of my weaknesses is putting the sense of urgency out there. So with the campaign that I'm currently working on, I've, I've been seeing myself trying to, um, rush everything because you know we have deadlines we have deadlines when it comes to certain aspects of our work and having those deadlines like rushing those deadlines it's like that's 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 white supremacy culture and it's it's harmful and it's stressful and it's it's just a bunch of stuff that is just not needed so it's like how do we how do we dismantle white supremacy when our whole foundation of this country is built on white supremacy. So that's a really big topic, but um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you for sharing. I think um, I want to talk about like the white culture, white supremacy, and how that might look like in the media or like our beauty norms. Um, I know now currently there's a lot of like companies or um, creators that are trying to like hey, like, let's bring an indigenous woman to your, like, big magazine um, Mm -hmm. uh, brands. Um, But I think also, like, I think I also like to advocate that, like, the, like, for example, like, Barbies, like, growing up, I know that, like, I didn't have a Barbie that, like, um, looked like me to my my own identities. And Mm -hmm. so I think a way that, like, I think that um, media or magazine coverage can can help take part in dismantling um, the white supremacy or white culture is to further um, ask like how how are you um, pushing yourself to include um, various cultures or how can you um, take part in making sure that um, identities diverse um, diverse um, ranges of identities are being illustrated um, Mm -hmm. because that might be able to spark a little five-year-old and be like, oh yeah, like this doll is beautiful and she looks just like me. She has the same brown skin that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. um, But yeah, I I really like what you shared and um, yeah. Um, So alongside the theme of what some passions are that you um, enjoy. Um, do you want to further talk about any passions that you're currently working on or have worked on? Yeah. Um, so I didn't really mention this in the beginning, but some of the board work, so volunteer work that I'm part of right now is with Next Up Oregon. I serve on the board of directors with Next Up Oregon, and this organization is formerly known as the Bus Project. And in this organization, we really focus on, it's like a youth-led organization trying to dismantle voter suppression and make voting more accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, but here in Oregon, we're one of the most um, accessible voting states across the nation. You know, we have, um, gosh, we have so much how, you know, how one can can register to vote. Like every time you get a driver's license, you are automatically registered to vote. And that, that's, that was championed by the bus project. And another one is vote by mail. So all of us can vote by mail now for free. And that was also championed by the bus project. So 
we led those efforts um, and that just passed last last session. And it's just, you know, like this is the kind of stuff that continues to just lead, like pave the way to more progressive voting standards across the nation. And, you know, right now in, in the United States, we're, we're struggling with how do we make this happen while we're in the middle of a pandemic and our president is currently back and forth with like, everyone saying vote by mail is horrible and wrong yet here in Oregon we have high voter turnout we have um, there's been no sign of voting um, how is it called fraud fraudrant how do you say that word um, vote fraud voting fraud or whatever it's called there's been no signs of any of that and and you know that's just one thing that I, I feel really passionate about but um, when it comes to my passions, being an indigenous woman who's from the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs, I see how we have that, those trust issues, you know, like, like this goes so far back to like, um, when white settlers came to um, Turtle Island, right? So it's like, there's a trust that comes with indigenous people and our government the United States government and a lot of the indigenous population doesn't want to vote because there's been trust issues. We've been failed time and time again. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that is stopping a lot of people from wanting to even vote or feel, feel like they have a voice in our democracy. So when it comes to, to voting, like Indigenous people, a, a lot of them, a majority of them, just don't feel interested in voting. Because if you look at our our Congress, if you look at our, our legislator, if you look at all of our elected officials, majority of them are white. We're a white-led country, we're a white-led state, we're a white-led county, a white-led city, and everything across this nation just does not represent us. And that even goes for the Latino population, the black population, you know, Muslim, everything, disability, all the isms in this world, like, we are not represented. We have white cisgendered males in these seats, and it's not okay. Like, you know, it, it's like, I, I tell everyone representation is so important, because when we're able, like, like you said, in your, in your last, um, comment about having a visual representation of a, even a Barbie. Yeah. Like, like a young girl won't see herself as beautiful if she doesn't see a Barbie like herself. We grew up playing with white little dolls and it's like that representation. It's, it's same with like our, our elected officials across this nation. Like it's so important to have strong representation. And that's part of the reason why I did choose to work with Karina Miller for Oregon Senate District 30, because she is an indigenous um, woman. She's an enrolled member of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs as well. And she's a dual citizen. That's not common in, in any elected official. There's, there's rarely any dual citizens that are um, elected officials. And it's like that little piece. I remember earlier this year, I had the honor of introducing um, Congresswoman Deb Halen. And I bawled like a baby because I was like, to be able to see a woman like me in Congress, like this is huge. Like we've waited for 500 years to see an indigenous woman in Congress. And this is something that is unheard of. Like I've never seen this before and it, it's happening in our lifetime. Like that's so powerful, but that's one of my big passions is representation. and. This this goes this also ties into another passion that I'm that I'm really excited about is um, right now the Black Lives Matter movement like we're in such a huge powerful historical moment and being an indigenous person you know like yes I recognize that our oppressions are very similar we have the same oppressor we have the same almost the same historical background. But the thing that um, I'm kind of struggling with is, is trying to find my footing in this movement to where I'm able to help in the movement and not take away voices from the black community. I wanna be able to use my platform and my identity to help the black community. So it's like, for me, recognizing 
with the black community, something that isn't really talked about, in my opinion, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement and the indigenous population, because we, as, as an indigenous woman, I'm getting pushback from my own community and people are like, well, how have you been standing up with the indigenous community? How have you been advocating with the indigenous community? You know, like they're, they're trying to put two, two very oppressed communities against each other. And that's, that's something where I'm like, no, this isn't okay. But one thing that I, I want to say to my indigenous people that could potentially be listening to this podcast is like, the black community, they were stolen from their land, right? They were stolen from their land. When they were stolen from their land, they lost access to their culture. They lost access to their traditional languages, their traditional everything. And they were forced to come to a country that automatically enslaved them. And um, how do you call it? Uh, what is the word? Made them assimilate to to the white culture, settle, settler colonial culture. And, and that's something where I'm, I'm, I get really, really sad about and get really, you know, honestly pissed off about because I'm like, these settlers took people from their own country, brought them here and forced them to live under their umbrella. And that's just, that's something where I'm like, as an indigenous woman, I recognize I have the privilege to speak my language now i have the privilege to learn my culture now but most black people do not have the privilege to go back to their country and find their roots they can't go back to um their ancestral lands to figure out their culture their language you know learn their traditional ways and that's something that i really struggle with and i don't i don't even know how to say that to indigenous people like like turning that that lens on like trying to recognize our privileges while also being assistance and and uplifting the black community but um that's something where i'm like we need to as an indigenous community we need to work on addressing our anti-blackness excuse me because anti-blackness is like a sense of is is a form of racism in this country and it's something where like even like our social constructs going into like how you were saying early about beauty it's like anti-blackness is a form of racism and that's so real in indigenous communities in tribal communities and it's something that can be very harmful and hurtful to the black community and that's something that i've been super passionate about is trying to dismantle the anti-blackness within our communities while also trying to um help the Black Lives Matter movement and the Black community at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like what some of my passions are. Kind of a very long answer, but yeah. yeah. No, yeah, well, thank you for sharing. I think um, to kind of further piggyback off, um, I think for me, like in general, like um, since I am a student um, in a university, I think when I am able to take classes where I'm further able to like how can I learn about social justice terms or social justice aspects to further help um, emphasize my education um, on topics? And I think like with, with the BML movement right now, I think it's important um, how individuals are taking part or how, um, how why it's important for people to create those conversations, those spaces, or try to have people like, hey, like, simple questions of like hey do you hold any prejudiced views that for example if you like work in a if you work in a job or if you go to a club or a school or whatever group you might um you might um attend like asking questions like that um and having people like have these conversations um because i think in general like um this kind of piggybacks off or this ties into um the next question that i will ask is how how do you or how can one use their social media platform to further illustrate social justice work or terms yeah so um for me like my social media platform i base it on 
you know, a lot of, well, like, like currently right now, if you look at my, my, like my Facebook or my Instagram, for example, it's all about the Black Lives Matter movement. It's all about trying to just like, kind of like what I talked about, my passions, like dismantling white supremacy, dismantling anti-Blackness in my own communities and, and trying to figure out how Indigenous people can stand with and for the Black Lives Matter movement. So I think a big piece of this is recognizing that all of us have so many different connections on social media and not every single one of us have the same views. So for me, like, I think I, I don't know how many friends I have on Facebook, but like there has been a few where I've seen racist remarks. Like you really see the racism and, and the complete obliviousness come out amongst your friends during this time. I mean, for me, speaking for myself, I've really seen it. And, and sometimes when I have the energy, I will call them out. I will go onto their, their statuses or into their inbox and say, hey, you know, this isn't okay. Like what you are saying is harmful. And it's like, for me, because I am so busy with my volunteer work, with my work and with just different stuff as a, as a community member, as a family member, um, as a partner, I'm, I'm, I'm a busy person, just like I'm sure you are, but it's like choosing your battles is one of the most important things. So for me to not exhaust myself during this time on social media, but choosing my battles along the way. So last week, I think I seen probably like four or five of my different friends say some really hurtful stuff. And that day I just had to like, you know, put my phone down, scroll past it and be like, I'm going to handle this another day. Because I know some, like, if they're not already going to be handled by next week, then I'm going to be the one who does this. And I'm going to reserve my energy and tell them because, you know, I've been going out marching, I've been speaking, I, I spoke one time at one of the, the protests the other night. And it's like trying to reserve my energy to be able to um, fight these battles that I'm going to have in my life, because I don't want to see I mean, I, 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 I'm sure you agree with me, but like, I don't want to see none of this all lives matter. I don't want to see any of these, well, those looters are messing up, um, you know, different stuff. So utilizing my social media platform and, and putting a stop to that, trying to help people realize what they are saying is wrong and hurtful to the black community, but um, also resharing and uplifting the, the black community in general. There are so many black owned businesses. There's so many black owned artists out there and so many black owned musicians or, or black musicians who are, who are saying, share my work, get my work out there, help me. And it's like, I, I, I am resharing some of their stuff, resharing it to my, to my networks. And that's something that a lot of people right now in this world are looking to support. Who are the who in the black community can I support right now? And for us to reshare stuff, for us to uplift those voices, has been really important to me. And I think that's um, something that's that's really been been part of my priority almost daily. Um, but also in the realm of social justice work, it's also like before the Black Lives Matter movement, I was using my platform to talk about um, like representation, like my other passions, representation, voter suppression, voting in general, like I'm, I'm a huge advocate on voting and, and trying to get more people involved in the democracy process and get more people involved in politics because this, this po political world, it, like I said earlier, it's very white led, very white it's just very white. And it's like, you know, once we get our communities involved, it's going, it's going to change. And it is, it is changing right now. Like there's so many more communities that are involved and it is slowly changing. So that's just some of the pieces on how I um, use my social media platform to uh, further illustrate social justice work. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think I also just want to uh, piggyback off what you said. Um, that I think this generation does have that advantage of having social media or just the internet in general, um, because this generation is growing up with, you know, technology, iPhones, iPads, et cetera. Um, and I think that this generation of kids um, will kind of have that tool as an advantage. And I think it is important in however 
whatever way individuals are taking part or like calling people out on their um, social media accounts? Is it reposting something? Is it donating? Is it um, sharing a post? Um, but there's also, I like that also, that, that also aspect of being able to take that further and if, if you're able to um, to vote um, and vote for, um, because I think that we also need to have accountability and policymakers and um, governors, et cetera. But yeah, I think the voting, that voting is something that is also important, just as important as sharing or calling people out um, that might be taking part in um, prejudice. Um, actions um but yeah i think for me i i would say that um i i enjoy technology i think that for me i think whether it's just i just repost the post um i think i did start a blog site last summer but that's because i felt like i just had a lot to like that i wanted to talk about and um but yeah in general i think that it's i think that this generation should remind itself um or like the the children currently in an education and k-12 schooling to like um to remind them that like they also can use the internet to like further um advocate for what what you you might believe in and so yeah I think social media definitely um social media can be used as a tool and yeah thank you for sharing your comments um and kind of uh just one more thing um like how I was saying earlier like in my work in the um campaign world since the pandemic social media has been all we had have Mm -hmm. and it's like interaction yeah yeah, so it's like it, it really it's really been helpful to be able to I mean it's it's been helpful but also very stressful and very difficult mm-hmm. because when you go in when you look at field work of campaigns like you know field work for campaigns is like knocking on people's doors and having those face to face interactions. So when March 2020 came and the pandemic and all of us had to stay home it's like we had to make this super fast shift and it was like i don't know i just want to acknowledge like all the campaigns that were happening across this country that had to just change like in the split of a freaking day and just change up their entire campaign strategy to go fully online and that's something that where it's like whoa what the heck is happening? Okay, we're going to do this no matter what, because we have no other choice. So um, yeah, just want to acknowledge that real quick, because social media has been super helpful and, and part of um, implementing on our, on our um, campaign, campaign life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, I think for sure. I think um, like um, the first iPhone came out in 2007 and Mm -hmm. so I think that's um we're in 2020 right now so it's like 13 years ago yeah like (laughs) oh my gosh how people like people have it like you can ask Siri hey Siri can you drive me to the nearest McDonald's etc but like before technology or smartphones like you know um so I think that technology just reminding like um, reminding this generation of like the power of technology that might hold um, and yeah um, but yeah um, if you have any other further notes you'd like to talk about or um, any other passions that you might be currently involved in um, yeah so right now I'm, I'm I, I didn't really mention this before but like some of my other board work that happens Sorry, there's a motorcycle driving by outside, but um, some of my other passions, um, my volunteer work includes uh, serving on the Oregon Indian Education Association, and I currently um, serve on their, on their board, but I also serve as their secretary. So a big piece of this is uplifting 
the education in um, Oregon, particularly the with the nine tribes and the urban Indian population. So this is a really big piece. I, I actually been on their board since last year during their conference. Um, I was elected to their board, but this is something that I'm, I feel pretty passionate about too, because education is something that really makes my heart full, you know, like I, I'm very passionate about education. Um, and I think everyone should have access to it if they want to have it, um, no matter who they are, no matter their documentation status, no matter anything, like everyone should be able to have access to education. And that's something that I've been really passionate about. But uh, what we do on this board is, is basically, um, we have like a policy, we try to work on different policy stuff. So on our board of directors, we have people focusing on like Title VI, we have people focusing on um, wearing culture regalia to graduations. Like who knew that was a huge deal um, even for Oregon schools, you know, like like they're still trying to tell kids what, what they can and cannot wear to their high school graduations. And it's like, I don't know, you probably experienced this with your culture too, but um it's like why why should they be able to tell us what we can and cannot wear for our biggest one of our biggest achievements that we'll have in life and that's something that we're also focusing on and then also about um indian mascots you know mm -hmm. like in 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 our high schools like there are indian mascots that are very hurtful and and you know, disgusting to our communities. Like here in, like right next door to me, that we have Malala High School and they're known as the Malala Indians. And it's like, when we used to go there, they used to say such racist, hurtful stuff. And like, you know, like a big part of the OIEA is trying to um, get these mascots out of the high schools. And that's, that's another passion of mine. But an, another one also is the Multnomah County Community Involvement Committee. And this is um, serving with Multnomah County, and I'm one of the only Indigenous people on this on this committee. But um, what we do on this committee is try to get community involvement to help lead um, Multnomah County in the right direction. So it's like we're kind of the voices for the for the community to help um, further develop progressive ideas for Multnomah County and there's there's I think 15 of us on this committee but there's on this committee it's like people from all over the the county and in this in this work we um, have three different subcommittees focusing on like housing and homelessness um, what else is it particularly for the the trans community I think it's what it is and then also we have one that's um, just uh, community involvement in general. And the last one I think is, um, gosh, I can't even remember off the top of my head, but, but these three subcommittees work on some pretty cool stuff um, right now, but that's just some of the other work that I'm, I'm part of and feel pretty passionate about. But I just wanted to share those last few pieces because that's just some of the work that I really um, love and enjoy doing. And it, it really helps me feel a lot more you know, um, better about the, the, the future for the generations to come. Yeah, um, I have a question. So your involvement with the committee, how would you say that you further challenge or how would you say that you try and bring diverse views onto that committee? You said that you were, or how would you say that um, that might, how can one work um, and doing that if they're involved in like a committee? Yeah, so with Multnomah County um, Community Involvement Committee, how I got on to this committee is because actually one of my friends um, sent me the information and was like, hey Amanda, you should apply for this. And I was like, okay. And it was just one of those, those friends who I really trust and admire. So I, I, I went for it. And since getting on this committee, it's, um, it's, I don't know, there's, there's people from all over Multnomah County, like, there's a very diverse group of people, but I think anyone who wants to get involved in any kind of, like, anyone can be on committees, right? Anyone can be on city committees, no matter your level of expertise, no matter your education level, no matter um, your documentation status, um, 
your disability, anything, like anything that you think will stop you, they will accommodate you. And I think um, the most important thing is, so Multnomah County, they have a website, right? And you can sign up for their newsletters. And usually in these newsletters, um, talks about all the different committee work that is happening and how you can get involved and how you can apply. But like, there's so many different sectors within Multnomah County that need help, that need community involvement. But particularly for the Community Involvement Committee is we basically put a focus on how we can um, better help Multnomah County serve the community and how they can get the community involved. Because a lot of us are literally just trying to survive the day-to-day -day life, right? So Multnomah County is like, how can we make our, our county more accessible to those who are the most underserved, most vulnerable populations across the county? And what we do is try to dismantle the barriers that are in the way of, of, of everyday people just trying to get their voices heard. So in the subcommittee that I'm part of, one of the things that we're trying to do is rewrite um, one of the resolutions for the community involvement committee, like the bylaws and stuff. Um, and a big piece of that is like making the meetings that happen within Multnomah County more accessible and also dismantling the barriers. So a big part of what we're doing is asking ourselves, well, what are the barriers? Is it transportation? Is it childcare? Is it, um, you know, uh, disability uh, issues? Is it, you know, like just asking all these questions, like, like what is, what are the barriers that are keeping the community from coming into our meetings? What are the barriers that lie in the way of getting them to our meetings? So um, we're like just trying to figure all of that out and, and trying to see if we can make like a something something happened from it but i think it's 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 super cool but yeah committee work is super super rad and it's like you know you get to work closely with people who are behind the scenes making helping make these decisions and and i think it's really important to do that you should join a committee you should join it <laughs> you should yeah. join some kind of committee even over there in hillsborough or beaverton like there's so many cool committees yeah. out there where you can just like you know, get your voice heard, and, and this is the way to do it, is just join a committee, join join a board, join anything, and, and just start speaking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, well, thank you for that um, advice. Um, yeah, um, I think I also want to touch upon how um, earlier we talked about, like, representation, and, like, who I think um, it's important for um, going back to like the voting um, topics that we were talking about, it's important to have representation and I think that it's important to um, remind those that might be around you to, if they can vote, um, to vote um, and however you might be able to educate, um, you have to educate your family on how to vote, do that as well. Um, but yeah, I think I wanted to also comment that, um, yeah. Do you have any other um, comments or um, statements you would like to state? Around voting? Yeah, voting or any other passions that you might be, um, that oh. you're interested in? Um, so I will say for voting here in Oregon, we will be voting in the general election on November 3rd. And I believe we have to register to vote by, I have to look up the date. I was supposed to do that before this meeting, but I think the last day to register to vote is in um, October. And um, it's 21 days before November 3rd. So whatever date that is, we have to register to vote by then. But I think a big piece about voting is that, um, I don't know, it's just like, we have to meet the community where they're at and we have to make the language to voting very accessible. So when I say make our language, make the language to voting very accessible is I want us to be able to have a conversation with people without using all the super big terms to explain what voting is and how you can make an impact to 
um, your communities and the democracy. So I don't know, that's just something that I really feel passionate about. Like going back to um, the bus project, uh, Next Up, um, I was in their, their Politicor uh, fellowship program in 2018, and that's how I eventually got onto their board. But while I was in that fellowship program, I actually advocated to our um, mentors are not our mentors are like supervisors uh i don't i don't even know what their correct term was but they're kind of like our supervisors the people who looked over the fellowship program i went and advocated to them and asked them if we could do like a political day on my reservation in in warm springs which is like a two-hour drive from here and they said yes and i was like oh my gosh this is so cool so um i actually helped organize this with people back home and and me and three other fellows hopped on a car one day and, and went over to Warm Springs and, and registered 50 people. But how we did this is, is the community of Warm Springs. Like we, we were able to get like 15 volunteers to help us register people. And it was beautiful. Like getting people talk mm-hmm. about getting people excited to talk about politics, getting people excited to um vote is like something that's that's really exciting to me and and i do have a dream one day where where we do continue this work on all nine tribes with all nine tribes here in oregon because creating that culture of like yeah yeah. getting getting politics excited within all the communities Uh, and making them knowing that it's it's okay for us to get out and vote it's okay for us to vote in the federal and and local and state elections because too often I think tribal communities the problem is you know they're like well I'm gonna vote but how is this helping our community here on the reservation because we're sovereign nations Mm -hmm. so does our votes really count does our votes really help anyone and and the problem with that is there's not enough representation in the state and local politics to be able to have the impact on tribal communities like so often tribal communities are left behind because we do not have that representation in those elected official seats. So it's like our, our voices aren't heard, our communities are left behind and we have to rely on the federal government to take care of us or, or get our voices heard to them. And right now we know how that's going with the president that we currently have. So it's like voting is so important, but I think we just have to make it known that this is a this this For process yeah yeah, yeah so. right yeah I have so a that's question. Just, yeah totally yeah so let's say how let's say someone is facing a language barrier um when wanting to vote would you would you be able to like answer if like they can reserve to someone or like what programs are like online they can go to yeah um, so so, yeah, with um, so when you register to vote, right? When you register to vote, there's actually a a a place where you can vote, and and you can actually save this, but it's IWillVote.com. And what you do when you get on this site, you can um, say register to vote, or update my voter registration, or um, check if I'm registered to vote, or something like that. But it'll ask you what state you're in, and when you select that state, oftentimes on their websites is um, different different ways you can um, select the language that you want to use. And if that doesn't work, like if your language isn't listed on that particular website, you can call them and be like, hey, I have a language barrier and we need to make this happen. And oftentimes it's up to the the state up to the the federal, you know, whoever you're working with, it's up to them to be able to provide this um, access. And most times it's, you just have to call them and be like, hey, I need help with filling this out. Um, and, and they'll be able to help you. Or if not that, there is some elected officials out there who like, if it gets to the point where you cannot um, get through to your, um, local office, you can even call your elected officials. So every single one of us have a state legislator, every single one of us have a county commissioner, a city commissioner, a um, congresswoman, a what else? There's one other other one, a, a state senator and a US, U.S. senator who represents us. And you could call their office and be like, hey, I need help with this. 
and that's this goes for anything anything in the in the whole world that you could think of like if you need help with anything that's what they're there for and you can call your representatives and straight up be like hey we need to fix this language barrier for registering to vote and they can help you like it's so wild like i think a, a lot of people don't recognize that um what our what our representatives do for us like they're just like oh they pass they pass policy and and they they make laws but really they're there to basically answer any questions that you might have and that's that goes for anything if you need rental assistance if you need help with like your electricity or something you can call them up and be like i need help with this and you're my representative so help me right now and they'll they'll be able to do that and they have staff to do it so it's like it's it's their job and they'll be so happy to help you uh, yeah well thank you for sharing that um just because i know that sometimes language barriers might be a factor in education or voting totally. in this in this situation um so yeah thank you for answering that question um yeah i think definitely people also um carrying that culture of like people knowing their resources and like what um, what can, um, how one can get involved or if one might have a question. Yeah. Um, yeah, but thank you. Um, yeah, and then do you have any other passions or interests that you would like to share? Um, not, not right now. Um, not off the top of my head, but I really liked this, uh, whole conversation we had. Making yeah. me feel fired up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I think um yeah, I think just to kinda recap on like voting. Um, if if people are um able to vote and can vote, like the importance of reminding people to vote. Um, yeah, and I think that um in general I think that social media um reminding the this generation of how one can Further advocate um, their culture or their values on social media. Um, but yeah, um, thank you for thank you so much, Amanda, for your time. Um, thank you so much for talking um, about your involvement and what you have been doing for your community. Um, and I really like the quote of the your second quote that you shared that the the what we do today will impact the seven generation the next seven generations um so yeah thank you for sharing that quote yeah totally and also i just looked up the last day to register to vote it's october 13th so for people listening we have until october 13th 2020 to register to vote in the state of oregon <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so much Amanda. yeah totally Thank you so much, um, and thank you all for listening um, to this podcast, and yeah, we wish you all a um, great day, and thank you. All right, thank you all so much. Bye-bye.